Well, we're preaching through the book of 1 John, verse by verse, and we've been doing that for some time on Sunday morning. Would you join me there once again? We're in chapter 4, and I just got one verse. I could preach more verses than this, but I am really focusing on a phrase that's in a verse here that I, I think God wants to be magnified in our hearts. And I want you to look at it with me. It's in 1 John chapter 4. It's a very familiar verse of Scripture. Some people quote it and do not really understand the meaning of it or do not appropriate the meaning of it in their life. But it's a great verse and a great promise from God. And you can hang your soul on it and it can help you. And I hope it will today. 1 John chapter 4, the Bible says in verse number 4, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Look at that little phrase, greater is he. You see that? I think God needs us to see that today. You're of God, little children, have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I want to ask you, how great is your God? How big is God to you? You know, as I talk to people, as I live my life, and as I see what's important to some people and what overwhelms them, I I notice what, what they look to be great, what seems to be big to them, and many times it's anything but God. We have a great God, and He's greater. And, and really, I could just take the whole time and just say He's greater, and you can just fill in the blank, and He's bigger than that. Because the Bible says, greater is He. You know, when Jesus Christ was born, the angel Gabriel did all of us a great favor. He came to Mary, and He gave her an announcement and says, Hey, you know what? You're going to have a child, and He shall be great. That's what she said. He said, He shall be great. He was a great uh, worker. He was. I mean, for God Almighty to come down from heaven and work as a carpenter, be faithful in a shop like that, that's a pretty great thing to accomplish. But he was also a great master. He was a great master, not only of men, but, but of nature and of the world. He was a great master. He was a great healer. I mean, he could do what no doctor had ever done before. How great was this one, the Lord Jesus Christ, that could open blinded eyes, even open the eyes of somebody that had never seen. Not like he was correcting a problem that had come about. He corrected a problem that somebody was born with. You know, you've got a lot of problems you're born with. But I know if Jesus Christ is great enough... To heal blinded eyes. If he's great enough to raise the dead. I want to tell you he's greater. He's greater. He was not just greater in those regards. He was a great teacher. He was a great preacher. The Bible tells us after he accomplished that great work on the cross for us. He became our great high priest. And now he is the great Shepherd of the sheep. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? God doesn't want you to know that you've got a high priest in heaven. He wants you to know how great he is. God just doesn't want you to know that you've got a shepherd that wants to guide you and provide for your life. He wants you to know how great that shepherd is. 
We have a great Savior. That's even a hymn. Our great Savior. We've got hymns that say how great thou art. But many times we don't live that way. Oh God, you're so great that you've got grace that is greater than all my sin. I wondered this morning, how great is God to you? How big is he? I see in our verse, he says in verse number four, you're of God, little children have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's great enough to be able to overcome. In other words, he has power. The great one has power. He is going to have power over all of these people that he mentioned that have caused such a problem in our world. He mentions in verse number one, all these spirits, all these false prophets. He mentions further things about Antichrist in this world. and But he says, hey, we have a great enough God that is greater, that is able to overcome in his power all of these things. And not just that he can overcome them, but if you're his child, then he will appropriate that power in your life that he will let you overcome through his power. You know what Jesus said to his disciples? He said, I have overcome the world. He's overcome the world. Because only a great one would have the power to overcome the world. And through his power, that great one can cause me to overcome the world. Look at chapter 5 in 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, the Bible tells us in verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. You know what? If We, we would live a lot better lives as God people if we would understand that we have something greater than whatever's going on. We have a power that's more powerful than any problem. We have a power that's more powerful than any sin. You know, the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 17, they're going to make war with the Lamb. This whole world is at war with God. You understand that, don't you? The whole world is at war with God. It's not just against the church. It's not just against the Bible. It's a war against Jesus Christ. But you know what? He's, he's already overcome them. I have overcome. You know, that's a perfect tense, even as it is here in this text, when he says, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. You understand what grammar is in, in, in the English language? In other words, it points back to a past event. You have overcome, that's in the past. But when you say have overcome them, that is also meaning that what happened in the past is continuing to the present. It's not just something that's way back there, but it's something that is true right now and something that will continue to be true. It's a perfect tense in our language. In other words, what Jesus Christ did on the cross and the victory that He won on the cross is the same victory that's available to anybody that wants it today. So if that's the case, why is everybody defeated? Isn't that a good question? If, if He is so great then why do people have so much problem with sin? You know what? If, if you took a good look at the world, you would assume that drug addiction and drunkenness is a lot greater than the power of God. If you took a good look at the world and you saw people's sins 
and things that dominate their lives and habits that control their lives, you would be convinced that the power of sin is greater than the power of God because it just continues to break lives and break homes and break hearts and destroys people every day. And you would be fascinated with the power of sin. But you know what the truth is? That our great God is greater than our sin. You know how we know that? Because He's changed prostitutes. He's changed drunks. You know, there are people right here in this church, amen, that look the picture of a Christian and they used to be controlled by a bottle. Right here in this building. There are people right here in this building that used to be dominated by some other power and yet the great God that is greater than the sin had the power to change that life. Grace that is greater than our sin. I don't know what your sin is here this morning, but I tell you what, God is greater. He's greater. You just need to get to Him. You need to quit trying to fight things in your own power or or go to some other resource. I'm telling you what, greater is He. And whatever blank you want to fill in, you you can fill in. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing is impossible with God. There are no too hard of a case. God's greater. He's not only greater than your sins, He's greater than the darkness in this world. You you know, there's a lot of evil in this world that's so, so strong and powerful. And yet God says, greater is He. The light's greater than the darkness. You know, when the light comes in, there's no darkness there. I mean, one flick of a switch, guys. This morning, whoever came in here this morning, this building was dark, and that quick there was light. Where did the darkness go? You know, the Bible says darkness is something that it can even be felt. The Bible talks to us about that. And one little switch... The power on that light switch. And bang, the darkness is immediately gone. You know, God is light and the power of God to expel the darkness is so powerful. It's like flipping a switch. A lot of people don't go over to the where the power source is. And flip the switch. Greater is He that is in you than he that's in the world. Bible says he's delivered us from so great a death. Boy, death is great. It's a powerful thing. Sin's powerful. Hell's powerful. But God Almighty is greater than the second death. He's greater than the graveyard that every man that's ever lived had to be put in. Amen. If they lived and died. God says, I'm greater than that graveyard out there. And I'm going to show it all of you one day. I'm just going to pop them all open. Do you believe that that's who God is? Well, then why does sin have such control on your life? Greater is He. He's greater than your sin. He's greater than your circumstances. Preacher, you just don't know what I'm going through. Preacher, it's hard. This America, it's hard to live in America now. We're losing religious freedom. You know God's people have not had religious freedom for most of the last 2,000 years. It didn't stop God. 
You know why? He's greater than the lack of freedom. He's greater, amen, than any dictator or communist or kingdom or society. What's your circumstances? I don't know. Maybe they're real bad. But you know what I've noticed people do? They look at how great these obstacles and circumstances of life are. And they can't see that God is greater. The greatest thing in the world in their own heart or mind is their problem. God's a lot bigger than your problem. He fills heaven and earth. Your problem just fills your skinny little brain. Amen. God fills heaven and earth. If he's that big, is he's that great that he can help you with your problem, why don't you get your problem to God? He talks about in a great trial of affliction, those churches of Macedonia, they were in a great trial of affliction, but it abounded in the, under the riches of their liberality, their liberality and the abundance of their joy. Though their trial was great, God was greater than whatever they were going through. Oh, we lose sight of God. Where is God in your life? Where is God in your thoughts? Where is God on your mind? How big is He? Oh, it just, it just can't help me. Then you've got one of them little, little God statues that's about that big. Just go ahead and hang Him up on your, on your, on your windshield or on your, on your rearview mirror and, and click Him and let Him swing back and forth a few times. Our God is not that little, little image. We don't worship images. We don't believe that. Our God's bigger than that. He's not contained in a picture or a statue. How big is your God? Well, this is just, it's just too hard. No. He's bigger than your finances. He's bigger than whatever problem you got. Your health problems. Amen. I'm preaching to you right now with a blocked gallbladder. <laughs> yeah. And I've been doing it all week. <laughs> you say, what do you do? You get on the face before God and say, God, you made this body. You can make it work till I can get something done about it. Right? Is God bigger? <laughs> I, re- I believe God's bigger than cancer. Now, that doesn't mean God everybody wants everybody healed. You've got to leave this world some way. If this body does wear out, it does decay, it does die, that's part of life. But God is bigger than anything. And he's trying to tell these people, he gave them the bad news. Well, look at it, verse 1. These spirits, these false prophets, many of them are gone out into the world. You know God's greater than all the false prophets. You know how many false prophets there are? There are a whole lot more false prophets than there are God's prophets in the world. There, there are many false prophets going out in the world. The majority of the world listens to a Hindu prophet or they listen to a, to, to, to a Muslim cleric. Those are all false prophets. Or they listen to a Catholic priest. There's another false prophet. Or they listen to some liberal preacher. That wouldn't tell them the truth, amen, if their life depended on it, about their own life and their own sins. Another false prophet. They listen to the cults of the world, even of our American cults. American cults. 
If you find a religion that, that, was, that was started in the 1800s in America, you can throw it in the trash can. God didn't wait, amen, 1800 and something years before he let people know what the truth is. Mormon, false prophets, but you know what? A lot of people listen to them. The Jehovah false went false prophets. A lot of people listen to them. Seventh day Adventist. Listen to a, a woman saying she's writing what God said. That's false prophet. But boy, they're everywhere. You know what God says? I'm greater than that. And by the way, I've already overcome them. He's greater than all the false prophets, all the lies. How much lie do you think's in the world? You can't turn on the news without hearing a lie every, every second. It's all lies. God says, I'm greater than the news media. I'm greater than all the lies that the young people listen to on their computer screens. And they read in, in their chat rooms. I'm greater than all that. He said, I'm not only greater than the false prophets. He says, I, and, and ye have overcome them, little children. Not just that. He didn't mention just false prophets. He mentioned spirits. Spirits. Now, Americans, they don't really much believe in spirits. But you go where I was last week. And not only do, do they believe in those spirits on the, in that native land, uh, there are spirits there. Those medicine men. You know, you know what they'll do? They, to become a medicine man, they have to witch a loving a person that they love in their family to become a medicine man, and they kill them, and they do all the time with the power of Satan. Guys, Satan didn't die at the cross. He's still very alive and well, you see. And there are still devils. We read about devil possession all in the Bible and all those spirits that would inhabit people. We have, a, we have people that are devil possessed all over our, our society. It's just, that, it's just that some of it's dressed up in a different form and, or it's medicated so it's not seen. You don't think devils are stupid enough to show themselves, do you? There may be somebody in here this morning you've got devils in you. I don't know. Is that a shock to anybody? <laughs> what does devil possession do? It makes people crazy. What does devil possession do? It makes people's lives dark. What does devil possession do? It makes people hurt themselves or cut themselves. That's in the book. It makes them have an affinity for the dead. Devil possession made people take their clothes off. All you have to do to understand we live in a devil possessed society is go down to any beach in America any time in the summer months and you'll see devil possessed people. You're welcome. Devil possessed people. Because a normal person is not going to be naked in front of other people. An unclean spirit tells people to do that. But you know what the Lord says? I'm greater than those spirits. That reservation is so awful. That medicine man has such power over those people. They're, they're scared to death. He'll, go, he'll, he'll rape all those girls. Because they're scared to death and they'll think he'll kill, kill them or kill, kill their parents. 
I, I couldn't believe it. Ninety percent of the of the women in in Brother Haynes' church have been molested and raped. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. It's a way of life. The evil spirits have their way. But I tell you what, I got in those churches, amen, and I saw those people there, and I saw something greater than their past, and greater than their circumstances, and greater than the evil spirits that had preyed upon their lives. I saw smiles, I saw shouts, I saw fellowship. I saw the testimony, he's greater. You know what else I found out? I found out some of them medicine man met up with a preacher, and the preacher took a Bible and said, you know, you know, yeah, you got some power. I want to show you somebody that's got more power than that. Yeah. You know, some of those medicine men have gotten saved. Amen. People that have murdered people have come gotten saved. I don't know how well I would do pastoring people that have murdered people. I, 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 really, I mean, that's, that's, pretty, that's out there. I mean, those Navajo churches have pastors, pastor church with people that have killed people. Because the justice system out there is a lot different. But you know what those murderers found? That Jesus was bigger than all that hate and anger and even the past sins of their life. So what's your problem? What's your sin? What spirit has you witched? Amen. Why don't you come to one that's greater than he that's in the world? You know who's in the world? The devil's in the world. Satan is in the world. He is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The Bible calls him a great red dragon. But you know what that book says? That book says that our God is so much greater than Satan. He's going, amen, he's going to grab him by the nap of the neck and put a chain on that sucker and throw him in a pit for a thousand years and he won't even break a sweat. The devil that deceiveth the whole world, he knows who's boss. When he approached the throne of God about Job, he knew who was boss. Matter of fact, the devil obeys God better than some saved people. You say, what are you talking about? You know what God said to the devil? He said to Satan, he said, all right, you can go down there and touch uh, Job, but, but spare his life. How fast do you think the devil could have killed Job? He killed all his kids without a problem. Why didn't he kill Job? He obeyed God. He knew where his bread was buttered. He knew that he that God was greater than he was. He wasn't there going to go up against God like that. Greater is he's greater than the Antichrist. Mention that text. Everybody talking about the Antichrist and all oh, the mark of the beast. Why don't we talk about Jesus Christ? Why don't we talk about the cross of Christ? I'm a whole lot more interested in the power of that cross than I'm the power of that mark. Which I'm not even worried about. I'm not. I'll be gone. Because he's got more power than that. I'm not worried about that. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. 
He's greater than the world. The whole world. Take all the powers that be. Oh, they flex their muscles every now and then, don't they? You saw the power of the world. If they can lock the whole world down. If they can make you stay in your house. You know, over in Europe where we, where we uh, ministered all those years in Romania, they had to have a piece of paper. Listen to this. They had to have a piece of paper from the government that said they could go out of their house to buy a loaf of bread. That's, that's some power, brother. And if not, you'll go to jail. This world has power. They got political power. They got military power. They got economic power. You know what God says about this whole world system? He sums it up and he talks about Babylon, the book of Revelation. Babylon the Great. That's what God calls them. Babylon the Great. And even John was, was overwhelmed, admiring this great world system. You know, the devil took Jesus up on the pinnacle of the temple and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all the glory to impress him with all the power of this world. Oh, this world has power. You know what God's going to do with the great powers of this world? What He's going to do with Babylon the Great? You know what He said in those chapters in 17, 18? He said, in one hour. (laughs) One hour! He said, it'll all fall down. It'll be like Humpty Dumpty, brother. That's right. One hour, God's going to take down all the power of this world. Every president, every dictator, every kingdom... In an hour. In the time it took for you to walk in here for Sunday morning church, amen, and leave this building, God says, that's how quick I'm going to take down the whole world. (laughs) Greater is He. So why are we impressed with the world? Why are we impressed with the world's fashion and the world's money and the world's power and the world's opinions? I could care less, guys. I don't care what the world thinks of me. I don't care what anybody on the Internet would say. It absolutely doesn't matter. They could take out an ad in the paper and say, I'm a Bible-thumping, hate, hateful individual. I'm a racist or I'm this phobic or that phobic. I don't care what they say. You know what? My God's bigger than that. I just love the Lord and I love the Bible and I'm going to do right and I'm going to give my God a salute and the world can do what it wants to do, but i got something a lot bigger than the world. And in one hour, everything that you, some people in here, everything you work for, it's going to be gone. Is God bigger than your house? Is God bigger than your job? Is God bigger than your career? Is God bigger than your your friendships? Some people, this one person is so big in their life. You know what I notice about people? They have all these things they think are so great. And then if they get them or experience them or have them, they find out it wasn't so great after all. But you know what I found out about God? I heard He was great. And when He came into my life, He's just getting greater and greater and greater all the time. There's no disappointment there. Greater is He. What's great in your life? Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Are the, are the words of your friends or the words of your peers, is that great to you? Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. 
who's in the world, these false prophets, these spirits. Yes, the, even the Antichrist that is to come and the devil himself. Sin, all the... What's in the world? Who is in the world? You know what else is in the world? You. You're in the world. It'll be a great day in your life when you'll recognize God's greater than you are. You say, preacher, we all know God's greater than... No, no, no. Everybody didn't live that way. If God's so great, well, why wouldn't you do what He said? If God's greater than you, why don't you do His will instead of your will? If God's greater than you, why wouldn't you bow the knee and humble yourself before Him and acknowledge that? He's greater than me. You're of God. Look at our verse, verse 4. You're of God. What does he say? Little. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm a child. I'm, a glad I'm, I'm glad I'm a child of God. But you know what I am? I'm just a little child. I'm a little child with a great big God. May you never get over the understanding of that. No matter what God does in our hearts and lives, we're just these little children. But we have a great big God. Why would I ever puff up my own heart or be puffed up in my own life when I'm just a little child? What a little child. What does a little child have to brag about? You're of God, little children. And have overcome them. Because, listen, the only way we have victory in our lives, we're too small to get it. We're too weak to have it. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. We, we, we are God's children, have overcome all of those things I just preached about. Because greater is He, watch it, watch the verse, that is, what's the word? In. than he that is in the world. Now this is the key, church. Listen to me. We're not talking about a great power of God that's up there in the third heaven. We're not talking about the creator God that stepped out and called all things into existence. We're not talking about that, that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh that stepped out and, and, and calmed the storm and made the wind to stop and the waves to stop and called unclean spirits out of people and, and, and came up out of the, out of the grave victorious. We're not, we're not talking about that. We're talking about that great God being in me. You see, the great one is not only greater than all these others, and the great one is not only over, only overcome, but the great one, if you're his child, is on the inside of you. Take your Bible to Romans chapter 8. Can I ask you, who is inside of you? You know, when they talk to people about have all these mental problems and schizophrenia and whatnot, you know, they have all these other characters inside of them. And I don't doubt any of it. I really don't. So if they can have all those other characters inside of them and all those other false spirits inside of them, and we believe people have that, then what's inside of you? Who is inside of you? 
I got another person living inside of me. You know, you say that to the average American, they're going to take you to a home. Greater is he that is in you. You know, there are people right here this morning, God's not in you. You, You've never had one spiritual desire. God's not in you. I can't see in you. Boy, it'd be good. Amen. It'd be good if I I could have a spiritual x-ray machine. I'd say if something as big as God in you, and I had that machine, I could see him. But you know what? I would think if something as big and as great as God is in your life, I think probably I could see him anyway without having an x-ray machine. Greater is he that is in you. Have you ever invited him to be in you? Look at Romans chapter 8. He said in Romans chapter 8, I believe it's verse 9, Brother Larry. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Watch it now. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell where? In you. you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Is the Spirit of God in you? We're not, hey, we're not talking about you being in church. We're talking about is Jesus in you? Is the Holy Ghost in you? We're not talking about you being a good little boy or a good little girl or going through the motions of religion. Is God inside of you? And if He's not inside of you, there is no power to live right. There is no power over the world, the flesh, and the devil. You've got to bring someone greater in you into your life. He tells us, what know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in you. You're not your own. Has there ever been a time in your life you repented of your sin and trusted Jesus Christ and God sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart? And now there's something greater there. So you have a different hunger and a different thirst and a different desire and you've got different power and different perspective and different values Because somebody's moved in on the inside. Does he live there? All you have to do is you have to open up the door of your heart. Say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I don't want that. I want you. I'm trusting Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, not my righteousness. Come on in, Lord. Save me. Take possession. Amen. You know what I am this morning? I'm possessed. I'm pos- that's even in our hymn book I'm possessed of a hope that is steadfast and sure since Jesus came into my heart why don't you stop shutting the door and just swing wide the gates <laughs>